All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. This one was super fun. Guest was Mason. He's leading right now Cashflow Syndicate with David, episode 2020. Yeah, episode 20. 22, bro. Yeah, no, this is 22. The episode with David, what is episode 20? Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but both great guys. Just real quick, want to say anyone calling these two dudes frauds are liars. They don't know what they're talking about. It's big right now in the YouTube SMMA kind of um, realm is people pointing everyone else out, calling them a liar. Uh, these two dudes, me and Kevin, been following them for about a month now, and it's working. So we're going to keep going. And we wanted to have them on just to kind of say thanks and just get a little bit more into their mindset. So, Kev, you got anything? Yeah. So if you all aren't familiar with Cashflow Syndicate, it's basically a group where you have two people that created it and then run it. That's David that we had on already and Mason. So Mason's in, Mason was kind of the brains behind the whole copywriting program. So um, Trevor and I are both trying to get into copywriting right now, looking for new clients. And I thought it'd be really dope to have Mason on seeing as he was kind of the one who taught Trevor and I pretty much everything that we know. Uh, I had been following him for about eight months now. And then I introduced him to Trevor recently. We just been diving into it. So it's a really dope episode. And I think everyone is going to like it regardless of whether or not you're into copywriting or not. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get it. All right, and we are live. Welcome back, everybody. Episode, is it 22, Kev? Yes, sir. Yeah, we got another special one. We had David on, and now we have his partner here, Mason. How you doing? How's it going, boys? I don't know about you. I'm feeling 22. Hey. T-Swift. Hey. Little T-Swift, bro. Hey. All right. You guys like Taylor Swift? Dude, T-Swift was legendary from like... Like sixth grade until I graduated. Yeah, now she's old. She's expired. Yeah, yeah, now yeah she's old. over twenty five now. Yeah. yeah, I mean over twenty two. I think it's like done. Yeah. Do you guys remember Stefan Molyneux on Twitter? Ooh, this yeah, is a fan, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of the reasons was because he would like would like quote tweet all of Taylor Swift's tweets. And be like, this is what happens when your ovaries dry up and you're out of eggs. Like, get to work. <laughs> like, he would just be, because, like, she'd be, like, at the time, she was, like, 28 or 29. And he was, like, look at this woman still single and unmarried and child childless. Like, you want, if you want to have a fulfilling life, you better put those eggs to work or something like that. You, you just, just like, bro, it would attract all the Taylor Swift audience. And then they'd just be, like, who is this guy and what is his problem? But he was just, like, this, like, right-wing propagandist is so weird bro anyway just, just post oh, yeah. a, a quote tweet with an empty egg carton on it dude that's my favorite <laughs> oh man i'm gonna start doing that that's actually really great <laughs> yeah bro that's a funny one dude put that in the toolbox bro. oh man yeah <laughs> how you doing kev you i doing? am phenomenal actually i'm really tired but i'm excited for this guest <laughs> fucking you have been following for a while and i'm excited to kind of tap into shit after we get past the Taylor Swift shit, so. Hey, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I mean, I'll let you start it. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, no. So one thing that I think is really fascinating about kind of people that make money in like weird way, I'm going to call it weird way, but like unorthodox ways, right? Is like they have like a, a unique mindset. Like I don't think I could drop you into like some nine to five and expect 
you to be anything but miserable. So my question is, when did you like first notice that the regular kind of job flow is not really for you? Um, I don't know. I've always been a pretty shit employee. <laughs> and that's and that's not necessarily because I wanted to like be an entrepreneur. Like that's that's the weird thing about me specifically. And I think that's also why I resonate with normal people, like normies, like brokies, is because like I never sought out the entrepreneurship side of things like that kind of presented itself to me and so i just wanted to like have like regular money like i just wanted to make whatever like between 60 and 130 if like you know if that was even possible i originally wanted to be a lawyer and so like i had no problem like being an employee um it i actually didn't feel that like sense of entrepreneur like itch until i actually was already a freelancer for like a year and a half and at that point, that was when I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm in control. Um, like, even though I was making a ton of money and I was technically outside of the nine to five thing, I was not calling the shots like my clients were. Because the way that I set up my deals was like, I was not like a copywriting agency. I just was like basically an employee for like 15 different companies. And like, that was tiring, which is why I ended up shutting it down and like turning it into an actual agency. Um, but in terms of like, in terms of like actually wanting to be an entrepreneur, like that was super late. Like a lot of people, like I talked to them, they want to be an entrepreneur from like age three. That was not me. <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted to make money until I was like 20. How, how did you get started copywriting then? Because I don't think many people have even heard that word, let alone know what it means. Yeah, I, I had no idea yeah. what the hell it was. Yeah, dude, I was just saying, like I, I, um, I found it on Twitter. So I was like chilling after class like sitting in my car like i had like a night class so it was like 10 30 and i was just scrolling twitter on my phone like parked in my car it was like a winter it was like november december 2018 and for some reason i found nate schmidt on my twitter he would just like pop up i don't know how because i was not involved in that world at all i think maybe i followed one of his like locals and they would like retweet him or something but he was talking about like copywriting which like i didn't know what that word meant i was and i and so i commented on it and then some like nigerian dude dm me um and he was like he was like yeah dude you'd be like copywriting such a great way to make money i'm like is that like the legal thing they're like no dude, like google it it sounds <laughs> illegal like, he well yeah that's i thought it was like trademarking shit and like just basically putting your like i don't know i asked him i was like do i need a law degree for this he's like no bro like what are you talking about <laughs> um and so yeah i just went down the rabbit hole after that and i just like because I've, I've always been a writer like that's always been something that i really loved um and uh i was there were two ways two options for me to actually monetize writing it was either like be a journalist um or like do this pretty much that was like all i had in my head and so that was like that was like super freeing for me i was like oh because like the one thing i i remember too is like when you're between like under the age of like 25, like we only really know about like, or maybe under like 22, like when you're still in school, you only can name like 10 careers, like doctor, engineer, lawyer. Yeah. Like you don't really know what all of this stuff is. Like you don't know the roles of a company. Like you don't know what like VP of ops does. You know what I mean? So like, how could you possibly aspire to that from, you know, age 10? If like, all you know is like teacher, police, firefighter, you know what I mean? Like there's so few things that you think you can do 
And so that was like the first belief was like, oh, like the 10 things that I, I, that I can name as careers, like there's more than that. So, yeah. Yeah, my problem was like, I, yeah, those 10 things, it's like the 10 Halloween costumes. Like, exactly. <laughs> like the 10 exactly. Halloween costumes you can be. And I hated all of them. So, dude, there was one Halloween I was like a Pokemon with that, that classic a banana outfit. Like I found found this Pokemon shit for two dollars at Salvation Army and threw it on. I, I could not stand like the the classic ten things. So when I finally got into college and realized that sucks too, I, I got out of college. And I'm like, okay, well I have no choice but to like the army because I'm not gonna be a doctor, not gonna be a lawyer, not, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta figure something yeah. out. And and this is something that for, until I mean. Until social media, this is this kind of stuff is like unheard of, like copywriting, email marketing, email design. Yeah, like yeah. All, I mean, yeah. Um, copywriting has been around for a while. I think I knew I wanted to work in marketing or advertising. Like that was one thing that I was kind of drawn to, but I also didn't really know what that meant. And like in in college, like business is mostly math, and so I thought like, oh, if I want to do like a business major, I have to do math. I didn't want to do that. Like, I wanted to solve problems, not math problems. And so, yeah, like, dude, like, it's a really, it's a really weird thing. I don't know if it's like, dude, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, I don't think it's done intentionally, but it would make a lot of sense if it was. Where if it was like, they purposefully give you an idea of like 10, 20 things that you can do in your life. And that's just what you do. That's one thing college really taught me is like, okay, and there's maybe not 10 careers, there's maybe 30, but they're all fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> like okay, I, yeah. I'm still going to school for just because I'm getting paid with the army for it, but my degree is going to be in healthcare administration. All you can really do with that is run a hospital. I'm like, yeah. that sounds absolutely miserable. Like, you get, you're getting fucking shit from every direction. And I'm just going to be miserable. I'm like, what the hell can I do that is going to make me like, make me money and then not hate life. And I just think college, like for most college career, it's just a recipe for you hating life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it really depends on like who you are. Like, dude, like I've had some minimum wage jobs that I love. Like, dude, for some reason, the McDonald's that I worked at when I was oh, a McDonald's. Oh, dude, me okay. too. Dude, I had the littest time at McDonald's ever. Like, I still talk job... to that group chat. Bro, bro, for real, we had a Facebook group. And yeah. I'm still in there. Dude, like, and for some reason, I was like, so I started in like 2016. And like, for the first like two months, I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like, I don't really like anyone here. It was a lot of old people. And then like, all like the people that were kind of old to me, like they went off to college or they like graduated college and they got a real job or something. And then they just all filtered out by like September, October. And then like a new wave, they did like a hiring wave of like all these girls that were my age. At one point <laughs> there was like literally 12 girls on payroll who were like some of the hottest girls you've ever seen in your life, like literally ridiculous. And so like, I just remember like being working at McDonald's and I was like, if this was my life for the next like 20 years, like I would be happy with that. Like just have 12 McDonald's wives and we just hang out like this, like every day. Like, I, cause I'd only do like three hour shifts. And so like, you literally just like spend three hours, like about to start making fries, cooking up some fries, making coffee, and then talking to these baddies who are just oh, like about to start trapping out the McDonald's, man. Dude, I was a whore. Like I ran through my McDonald's coworkers. 
how old were you then? I would have been like 17, 18. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Prime time. Like, Running dude. that shit from the bottom up. No, dude, I used to work at this amusement park before I joined the army. And, like, the lady who owned it was, like, 80, bro, super old-fashioned. So she would make it so if you were a ride operator, you could only be a man. And then all the chicks were working the snacks, which is, like, at the other end of the park, dude. Oh. Dude, her, oh. bro. I would, bro, I, I hope she's not listening. I, I know she's not going to listen. I took, I took so many bribes, bro. It was incredible. You came up to me with 20 bucks, absolutely skipped the line, bro. I was, they were paying me six sixty-five an hour. Oh, back yeah. in 20, 20 fucking 13. 20 bucks, yeah, that's a five-hour shift, bro. Damn. Dude, swear to God, bro. I'm like, this is a no-brainer, bro. You don't want to pay me nothing. Of course I'm going to take bribes, bro. This is an amusement park. Like, why not? So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, I, actually, I was talking about that the other day with a couple of buddies. We were at this cigar lounge. And we were just kind of reflecting. Like, I think it's so corny when we do this and we just sit back and think, like, wow, like, look who we are. But, like, it was just one of those one of those nights where we were just, like, half in the bag and we were just, like, just smoking a cigar and just thinking, like, bro, like, there are people, like you just said, like, minimum wage back in the day, probably, like, six, even now, bro, it's 7.25. So, like, eight hours, was that, like, 50 bucks, oh. 60 bucks in a day? Ugh. You kidding me? They tax it's, you, yeah. It's so bad. Like, yeah, and then you pay. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the tax like <laughs> threshold is. I don't know if you're paying taxes if you're making like seven bucks an hour. But oh, like, yeah. dude, like, imagine working eight hours for like sixty bucks, fifty bucks. Like, I no, imagine. Yeah, no, and think even bigger. You work what is it, forty hours a week for two weeks straight, bro? You only get two days off, damn near. For what? It's like eight hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, you're like slave dude, driving for 800 fun. bucks fuck like yeah dude. you better have some baddies working like if you're doing <laughs> bad like, that, like that's like benefits it's the least they can do you're working with like 13 like dimes from whatever high school up the block obviously not now from yeah. Yo, <laughs> back I, in the day i got a good question uh do you ever get burnt out or have you ever gotten burnt out yeah 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 how do you um, how are you trying to avoid it and, and kind of like you know talk about you burning out i don't bro because i don't <laughs> i don't notice it until it's already in there and then like i can't i can't lose like i can't give up money and so like if there's something that's like taking up my time and it, it's like causing burnout but i'm making money from it like i can't just like let go of it <laughs> or i can't like scale it back like that like fucks with me and so i just push through it I kind of just do bare minimum for like a month. But like the first time I was like burnt out, burnt out, like for real burnt out was like end of November when I like ended up dropping like pretty much all of my clients um, and like left like the country. Like that was, so I was, people know this, like I was doing freelance copywriting from like June, 2020, to like end of 2021. And um, I was over, like, I was stretched a little bit too thin because I wasn't doing it the right way. Now I know, like, what I would have done if I, like, didn't want to fuck it up. Um, like, I would have hired people. Like, I would have hired another writer or two. And I would have hired, like, an like an assistant to basically handle shit for me. Um, but, yeah, I like, scaled that to, like, almost 50 grand a month. And then, um, but I was working so much. And I was doing so much Vyvanse, like we <laughs> talked about. It's like... I had no choice but to shut it down. So I like, I left Structured, which sucked, like Chase's agency. 
Um, so I left them and I left pretty much everything except for like, I think three clients and those are my biggest clients, but I was still working like, like, I think an hour and a half or two hours a day. And so I was still making like 15 grand a month, like in December, or I made 15 grand in December, for, like with three clients doing like two hours of work a day. Like it was actually sick. Um, and I, I think about that sometimes and I'm like, damn, like if I like didn't want to be like stupid rich, like I could have just done that forever. 15 like come on like that's perfect yeah and then but yeah so like i took the month off of december and i kind of just like chilled um and like to be honest like right now i feel a little bit burnt out just because i've been like go 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 for like two months straight like okay let's see i was in i was in florida not miami but i was in jupiter in august and then i had a bunch of shit to hand, handle in canada so like September, first half of September was taken up. And then I went back to Miami, like later on in the month. And then I had like some music shit that I had to do in Canada. And so I was doing like rehearsals like three, four times a week. I didn't really get a break. And then I had the gigs. And then I was like seeing people like I, I for some reason, I just thought it was a good time to like go on a bunch of dates. So I went on a bunch of dates that month. And then October <laughs> was like plant like and then copy NBA obviously dropped. And so like I had to be there for that. And then um like just a bunch of stuff earlier this month um and then like now i'm here and <laughs> i'm going to Europe in like a week and then i'm going back to new york and then to canada and then i'm driving down here and i'm like moving my entire life like up the street like in miami so like i've literally i haven't had like a dead week since like august like beginning of august so I'm just like, I'm super, super fucking tired right now. But I mean, like, that's part of it. And it's really fucking exciting. It makes time fly by. Like, October yeah. was like the quickest month ever. It was insane. And like, that's part of it, too, where it's like, we talk about how, like, you don't want to be shackled down. Like, you want to have, like, location freedom and stuff like that. You don't want to be in an office. You don't want to have a boss. But like, when you, when the world is your office and you are your own boss, like, shit just comes up and you just have to deal with it. Like, that's just part of it. I mean, so like you kind of have to accept that because if you're going to work in an office and be like that, if that's what you choose, then, you know, like you got to stick with that. So I'm, I'm very grateful, but it is fucking exhausting sometimes. I won't lie. Was there ever a point where you thought maybe this isn't what I'm meant to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like earlier this year, like the agency sucked. Like we got, okay. So we started in January and I didn't tell anyone this. I think I... I might have posted about it in the Cashless Syndicate. Like, I took a lot of L's, like, early this year. Like, dude, January, February, March for the agency fucking sucked. Like, it sucked building it because I was, like, I was making not that much money. Um, but I, like, was starting to incur some overhead because I had to build a tech stack for the team. At the team, the only two people was, like, Pierce and Hunter. Um, but, like, just so much more logistics stuff, like, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, like if I don't make this work, like what else would I do? Like, would I, yeah. like, would I just find some startup and just go work there? Um, and so like, I knew, like, as soon as I thought that I was like, Ugh, like, no, that would be the worst. <laughs> like not, not even just because like, not even just because like, I would, I would not have all the stuff that I have now. Like I would make less money and I would have less freedom and all that. It would just be because like i'd feel like oh fuck i gave up like i had it for two years and then i i gave it back to go like do the easy thing 
And so like, that is something that I could never like live with myself if I did that. Like if I ever had a job again, which like, that's not even really the right way to put it. Like if I ever had like an entry level job, like, dude, I would be so happy if like, if someone said, yo, leave your agency, we want to bring you on as like a partner or like some C-suite or like director level person to, for this company that's growing really fast. We need you. You're not even gonna have to interview for it. We'll pay you like half a million a year. You can do whatever the fuck else you want on the side. You don't have to come into the office ever. All you have to do is join these three meetings, lend us your brain and be here when you want to be here. And that's it. Kind of like the way um, you guys listen to my first million. No. Okay. Sean, Sean Purry um, sold his company to Twitch, which then got acquired. Was it Twitch? I think it was Twitch. Yeah, yeah, which then got acquired by Amazon. Um, and so he was working at Twitch and then at Amazon, and he was just one of those dudes, like, he got aqua hired, so, like, he had to vest out of the company and work for them until his, like, he was paid out. And, like, that was basically the situation. Like, they paid him, like, probably millions a year, and he would just kind of chill there and, like, work a little bit, like, maybe, like, five hours a week. No one asked any questions because it was like, oh, yeah, that's Sean. It's just like what, he, like, what he does. It's how he works. <laughs> and you can provide value in excess of the time that you're sitting at your desk being there. That's kind of the point. You have to be more valuable in five hours than, like, everybody else is in 40. Anyway, yeah, we got off. Me, I would yeah. have a job one day. That's kind of the point. I would have a job one day, but it would have to be, like, a really sweet gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and Kevin were talking about that the other day. <clears throat> it was like, <clears throat> would rather work, like, two hard hours just at work, put your phone down, then like pick your head up and it's two hours later, then work eight hours and just fucking hang out, do nothing, half work, half not. It's like mm -hmm. just much rather just get it done in two hours. That's literally, dude, how the army is. You be there for 12 hours doing an hour's worth of work all day. And it's like, bro, I'm going to be here till fucking six o'clock at night anyway. Like, what's it matter how much work I do, you know? Right. But I definitely think I can get more done in like three hours than I could in like twelve if I was like, oh yeah, bro, oh just yeah. doing fucking work. You you could have just gone back to copywriting though, right? Like, why couldn't you have just done that? I could have, but it's I don't know. I wanted to keep progressing. I didn't want to keep going back. Um, and like that's something that like all of my friends kind of have. Like everyone that I work with, like they start a new business and they have something like in their back pocket that they could do and do all right with it. Um, like I have buddies that are building like tech things right now and like they're really into Facebook ads and sometimes they're like, fuck, like why don't I just go back to running Facebook ads and making like 20 Gs a month? It's like, because there's something on the other side. Like you have to be progressing. Like even if you're making money, it doesn't matter if you're like, if you're not moving forward, like it's just as bad because you just feel stagnant. Dude, and like the money doesn't matter. Have you ever seen the series Suits? Yeah, I watched up to like season four or five or something. Oh, okay. I stopped. yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But that's that's like where he's at. It's like he's stuck because he can't move up because everyone will find out or he could leave oh, and figure something else. Yeah, figure something yeah. else out. It's the same. Dude, exactly. like that's why people that's what people love. Like money is not the motivator. Like yeah. it's it's more likely that you'll get good talent by like saying that there is like somewhere for you to go. Um, like if someone wants to become director level or C-suite level, um, like they have to know that that's possible before they accept any salary. Like it doesn't matter if you're paying them 200 grand a year, like high performers need that. And so like, yeah, cause you'll literally go nuts if you're just like doing the exact same thing. Like it's the, it's the same anatomically as sitting at a desk for eight hours a day for 40 years, 
making like hundred grand a year as it is making a million a year. Like it doesn't matter what number you're at, you're still gonna want to die, bro. It still fucking <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And you got that lifestyle inflation too, like that too. Yo, is that you... a real big? Oh, was that a real big problem for you? Yes, it's it currently is. Where's my? Where's what, my... what do you mean? Where's my Rolex? Hold yeah, on. Get the Rolex yeah. out. <laughs> it is a big exactly. problem. He's actually grabbing it. It's a huge problem because, like, it because it, you get friend inflation too. Look at this thing. Let me see. It's that. not cheap. Like I, mm. I had the. I had the biggest Amex bill I've ever had for the month of October, and like I thought I was gonna fucking puke. Oh, really? <laughs> it was bad. Like it was like seventy-five grand. Set the fuck up for a month. Yeah. Jeez, us. Thirty days. What did you buy? Like, that it's Nothing. it's hard for me to fathom that. Yeah. No, I bought that. We we got a bunch of tables. Some of that is like business stuff. So like, it's not all personal expenses. Um, yeah, no, it was just like, it was just a crazy month. Like there was just a lot of shit going on. I put a lot of flights on there. Good news is I have a bunch of points. So like, I can't wait to spend those. <laughs> I don't even know how to spend points to be honest. Like people hey. say like, just use points. I'm like, I don't know how. Anyway, but yeah, no, lifestyle inflation is a real thing. Like I, I went from like making like six grand a month, like living in my parents' house. And then I moved out. My rent was like 14, 50 or something like that for like kind of like a shitty apartment. But like, I was like, that's all right. I still had my my Accord, which is like a fairly cheap car, um, and like, yeah, everything seemed all right. And I was still kind of looking out, like I was still like, not trying to spend more than I needed to. Like I would actually like budget my shit. Like even though I was doing like the equivalent of like six figures, like like I think like nine or ten. Like by the time I moved out, I was still like going to the grocery store and trying to be like, okay, I'm not gonna order Uber Eats this week. Like I'm just gonna try and be safe here. And I was like actively like trying to like make sure I don't overspend. And then um, in the summer I started doing really well and I started like buying drinks for my friends and we would go out and be like, kind of like whatever. But it still wasn't that bad. Like I was still saving a bunch of money. And then in December I caught the travel bug and I was just like, all right, like now all bets are off. Like travel is by far like my biggest expense because I'm never home mm. ever. Like I'm, I haven't been home for more than five weeks at a time since um, like, okay, so since June, but before that, um, like that would have been like December of or November of 2021. Like, like legit, army, bro. Yeah, like five weeks. I haven't spent more than five weeks at home. Like it's crazy. I like I can't I can't even explain it, bro. Like the way it works is like stuff just comes up right like for example like the cold emo wizard concert the client ascension event like you just get invited to that and everyone's like oh we're gonna do this after and then because like i'm just in a pack of dudes who travel with me or like we all travel together and like you just run it up and like guys like luke are in the group chat because luke didn't really travel at all before we went to greece in july and now he wants to go everywhere like he's like yo let's go to europe this day and let's go to montana he wants to go to montana and like fish and like kill deer montana and shit. is awesome dude i want to yeah. go there so bad yeah dude there's this like wicked fucking ranch out in big sky that we saw on airbnb oh, and we really want to go yeah but it's just like yeah dude it creeps up on you and um and when you're traveling like when you're traveling you feel like you're supposed to be chilling and so in that mindset of chilling like you don't want to like you want to check bills you don't want to do like the the thing that's less convenient but it'll cost you less money 
and you want to like treat yourself and so like yeah like it's actually bad and especially like in a city like miami you can't like we every time we go for breakfast there's like three or four of us and it costs like 110 dollars oh like, that's an expensive breakfast like in canada i can go get breakfast by myself and it's eight yeah bucks. i was gonna say you were you were uh you're from canada yeah yo talk about that a little bit how did you escape there with the coronavirus dude <laughs> um people overplayed the the whole like canadian corona thing like they definitely like more strict on lockdown but it was not like australia like i still have friends like in australia new zealand that can't leave because they're not vaccinated they don't check here that's a concentration camp in australia they had those i fucking remember yeah i i don't know exactly what it was but i remember hearing something like that where it was like legit concentration camps bro yeah, it's like it, it helicopters mm -hmm. making sure you don't leave your home that's insane it was some shit where if you had an exposure, the government could fucking pick you up and take you to this camp, and you couldn't leave until they said so. Like, Tonight, like it's fucking China or something, bro. Yeah, legit, bro. Canada was not like that. Canada, it depends on where you were. So, like, for example, in, in Quebec, like in Montreal, they had curfew, and you could get arrested or something if you were out past, like, 8 o'clock. And a lot of the rules were dumb, where it's like bars would close at 9 because COVID comes out at night. Remember that? Remember yeah. how it's dumb? Yeah. Well, other than that, though, sorry, what's up? It's like uh, COVID checking its watch. Like, oh yep, nine o'clock. Guess I'll fucking uh, nine o one. I'm late. Yeah, Fuck. Yeah. I go to the bar. Forgot yeah. to shower right yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. So ridiculous, bro. Like it was just the dumbest shit ever. Like we look back and we're like, God damn. Like, how did we like? How do we do that? Like, it's so stupid. But like, so that was a thing. Like that was definitely like more strict up here. You have to wear masks and stuff like that. But, like, bro, like, the whole, like, vaccine thing, which, like, I don't want to get us banned, so, like, we can use a color word if you want. But, like... No, we didn't <laughs> say it's fine. Like, it, because that was not governed by, like, the police. It was governed by, like, regular people. So, like, some restaurant worker, they're like, do you have a vaccine card? No. Okay. Get out. Like, like we want your money. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, just come in and eat, and, like, I'll just shut the fuck up. But, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't even like that, bro. Like, even, even on planes... Like, they don't check. Like, I remember, like, I don't know, we'll be, like, I had friends, like, Photoshop me shit, and, like, I got on everywhere. It was fine. <laughs> I remember fucking getting the exact instructions on how to make a card on 4chan, bro. I saved it to my phone. Like, had the card stock and everything, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was, um, it, yeah, it was, it was all kind of BS. So, the only reason I like I did leave like in January because lockdowns were getting bad, and we basically went from like how we are now back to stage one, which is like stay in your house, nothing's open, like go fuck yourself. Because like after Christmas, I got it too. Like Christmas, New Year's, I got COVID. It was pretty bad, but it wasn't like deadly for me at least, luckily. Um, but yeah, no, like the, because we had so many cases, they were like stay in your house and i was like nah i'm going to mexico oh, and so and then i just kind of coasted around and then i by the time i came back like everything was back to normal again it was like a time machine it was sick was there big social pressure in canada because i remember so like i live in tennessee right very red area i go back to colorado i think 2020 and i wasn't wearing a mask in the denver airport and they got these like subway cars to take you from the terminal to the actual airport and i knew that you only had to wear one on the plane so i'm not wearing one in this little subway car and this lady is looking at me, dude, like I'm like I'm literally Hitler, like 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 she could not believe that I would endanger her like that. 
I'm like, this this is put so her remarkable. Life, put her life at danger like that. Dude, all I could think of was like, just take a picture of you and show you this in 2019. You wouldn't even believe it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't really feel it. It's probably because I wasn't really going anywhere where old people were. And like, I also didn't really have a huge problem wearing a mask, especially at that time. Like, so yeah. like, yeah, like, you know, it's kind of just like, whatever, like, whatever, I'll just wear it. Like, but then, <laughs> I, then I went away and I went Mexico, Miami, Dallas, Charleston, and there were no masks anywhere. Like not in Mexico, not in Miami, obviously, not in Dallas, Texas, obviously, and not in Charleston, South Carolina. So I just got used to not having to wear it. And then when I came back, then I was like a problem child where like yeah. I'd be in a restaurant and like I'd walk in. I remember like the I got um, so I got picked up from the airport on the day that I came back from that four city little world tour that I did from my brother. And because he picked me up, I took him out for dinner and we went to the spot that I love like in, in like near my house. And um, we went in and like it was pretty empty because it was like late at night. And we were just gonna like go sit down and they were like can you like wear a mask and i was like why so we can walk from here to right there like five feet away where you're gonna put us at the table and i can just take it off again and she was like listen like i don't make the rules you have to put on your mask okay and i was like i was like are you shitting me like let me just go sit down and so i just like <laughs> slid and i just sat down and i was like are we happy now like i can take it so like then i was like annoying to like and like i didn't i wasn't trying to like give anyone shit, but it was just like when you're away from it for so long like it just like i don't know i felt like i was like a hardened criminal you know it was weird <laughs> well it's like it gets to a point where yeah it's it's the rules but how far are we gonna let the rules just let us like how far are we gonna let the rules control us like yeah it's your job to tell me to put this on but now it's also your job to enforce it you're just gonna enforce these rules blindly <laughs> like, yeah like that's Dude, like that's far again I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like, I don't know. It just, it just, it's insane to see what people will go along with, you know? Yeah. And, and like, too, yeah. People felt so like emboldened to correct other people. It's like, they felt like they were on their high horse, I guess. Yeah. For, for yelling at you. It's like that, that was their sole purpose was to fucking yell at people for not wearing a mask. It's like, well, it's not even about the mask. It's just making someone do what you tell them. You know what it is, bro? Yeah. This is a thing that I have. I think that there's so so many people in this world that like just get beaten down because they're just wrong all the time. Like whether it's like with their spouse where their their spouse is just constantly telling them you're wrong or their kids or like they go to work and someone's like this is wrong, this is wrong. When a cause comes up like for example like racism stuff or the mask stuff or like anything related to culture where like there's a clear like depiction of what they believe is to be right and wrong. Like for example, like right now, if I was one of those people that's just always wrong and I wanted to feel what it feels like to be right, I would just go under every person who's like supporting, and not that I believe in this, but just like supporting Kanye and like whatever the fuck he's saying. Cause I don't even really know what he's saying. So maybe, maybe I'm way off and you guys can correct me, but like, there's someone who's just like waiting to see someone's fuck up in terms of like what the public opinion is and correct them. And so like when you have someone who's not wearing a mask, right, and they're doing what they're supposed to do and they get a chance to tell you you're wrong, I'm right, they're going to take that every time because it fucking feels good. You know what I mean? And there's not many people that get to say you're wrong, I'm right, and it's not one of these fucking stupid like 
public opinion things where it's like you can just protect yourself and you'll always be right. It's like the safest way to be right without having to have an opinion of your own. I don't know. Yeah, the that problem the problem is all the stupid people. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's like it's like going to like it's like college. All the people in college who like are failing, getting D's, and then are just listening to the teacher and like, well, the teacher said, yeah, that's what the teacher said, but you're stupid still. Like, why are we still just listening blindly? Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's a topic that gets me a little riled up because it, it, it has not made sense. Because I was supposed to – I was still in the Army when it first popped off. It was, like, March or whatever. And in February, I went home to see my family because I was deploying in March. And I was about to miss my deployment because I couldn't fly back home from Florida to Tennessee because of COVID. It's like – and this was right when it started. I'm like, I, I, we didn't even know anything. And I'm thinking, this shit's fucking insane. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you, just do this shit with the swine flu like eight years ago. Ebola. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. You know what was nice about it, though, is like, you could tell who also fucking thought like you, kind of. Like, I'd be at the grocery store. It'd be like fucking like five of us not wearing masks. Everyone else was wearing you're I have like, people hey, stopping there. Hey, hey. Yeah, they're like, oh, are you, you're not wearing a mask. Did you like forget in your car? I was like, no, I just didn't fucking want to. Like, I don't fucking need a reason. I just don't feel like it. <laughs> it's yeah, America, dude. dude. What bonding. the fuck? It was like a bonding thing. It was actually kind of cool. Now that you say that, it's just like, dude, it's just bring back all these like buried memories of COVID because there's so <laughs> few things that I actually remember about it. Um, but like, yeah, like there was like this kind of like, hey, what's up, bro? It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, um, you know, the office, like when uh, Stanley finally has like a, like a, a black friend oh, like, like, their black guy comes and he's like and he goes like what's up to stanley actually now that i remember it stanley like didn't want didn't fuck with that guy it's like it's just like 50 white people and like two black dudes are like yo like this fucking white people am i right <laughs> yeah I don't know if you guys have a hard stop, but like I got so much time, so I'm literally gonna kick back. Just put oh, my feet that's up. what it is, yeah, man. Too, I don't know. Do you guys have a time limit, dude? It's not Halloween. Really. The kids are about to come knocking. Yeah, yeah we you... usually shoot for like an hour, but yeah, we'll just yeah, fucking we'll probably just... shoot it to them. I no, I, I do got a note though. Like on the fucking, how do people like go along with everything? Like, you, you got to think about too. Like IQs are on a bell curve, you know. So. From the jump, like the middle is 88. Half of the people on, on in the U.S., let's say, are below that. So, like, that's a hundred fucking people. I mean, if it's a bell curve, I don't, I don't know what the middle part is. That would be the I middle part. Hundred. I think middle is a hundred. That's Dude, you're right. shit, bro. There are a lot of smart people, or people that I thought were smart, that were just like checking all the COVID boxes. Yeah. Like, yep. 98. Yeah, I mean, so it's like. I yeah. think a lot of it, a lot of it too, is like, there's a, there's a point where you're smart, but then like, you think that you know everything and you don't really, you're not smart enough to understand how much you don't know. <laughs> so like I, that, those are the people I think are most dangerous. So the people who are like partially educated on issues, but they're not educated enough to see like all the, the nuances of what they don't know, you know? Oh, actually, this is perfect for your new, uh, <clears throat> or I guess it's more of David's module stuff, but he, he has to start like breaking down cash flow syndicate, like little by little, pretty much for the people that kind of can't think outside of the box. Like how frustrating is that for you two to run into? 
Bro, like, since our rebrand, <laughs> we've kind of figured that that's just part of the territory. Like, dude, it's it's worse on TikTok. Like, Cashflow Syndicate is actually, like, the smartest people on TikTok that come in. Because, like, all the TikTok people are, like, they'll be in my comments. Like, hey, can you DM me? I want to get on a call with you or something like that. They'll just, like, comment that. I'll be like, bro, what are you talking about? Can I DM you and chase you down to get on a call with you? Why would I do that? Or, like, dudes that are, like, they'll comment, like, okay, so what is copywriting? And it's like, why are you asking me? Google's free, bro. Like, I that that bugs me. So like, the stuff that I see in Cash Syndicate is actually not that bad. Like, it's people asking like legit questions, like how, like what happens if I? The the problem is people not asking dumb questions. They're asking questions that are actually too advanced for where they should be, right? So people say like, people people with no website, no offer, no clients, no money will be like. So like, what platform should I get paid on? Like, yo, that doesn't matter until you have at least one warm response, like someone who actually wants to fucking work with you. Because first of all, it takes 30 seconds to decide which payment process you wanna use. It takes another 30 seconds to sign on and create an account. You don't need that right now. Just focus on getting money in. That's the stuff that kind of bugs me, but I have to remember like, I used to be that too. Like I used to do the same shit where it's like, okay, like I start thinking, because I need everything planned out in advance. Where I'll think like, yeah, I'll, th I'll think like, I can't start this until it's perfect in my head. And that's what causes procrastination. And so all of these people, like you just got to shake them and be like, bro, don't think about that yet. I know why you're thinking that, but you have to just stick with the playbook and just go through the modules and just do literally exactly what we say. Just do that. Yeah. I remember asking on the syndicate, it was like, if I'm doing like a cold outreach, right? Should I send it? Like, should I wait till Monday? I think it was like a Saturday. I was like, should I wait till Monday to send this shit? And I asked it and I got a good answer, right? But I'm thinking like, man, I, th this is a, a ludicrous thing to worry about. Like, I got to worry about actually getting good at this shit first. Mm -hmm. Like when we first started, we were like trying to set up a website, get this payment processor, all this shit. I was like, this doesn't matter if we suck at what we do. <laughs> mm -hmm. But dude, you know, like, I think the one thing, the one reason I kind of love cash decisioning and I think it's really suited to my personality is because like, like I said, I was that dude. And I remember asking those questions and I like, I know why you're asking it. So like the reason you're asking, should I send this on Saturday is because this is a lead that you think you might have a shot at working with and you don't want to send them an email at the wrong time and waste the opportunity because you're thinking that's more of like a scarcity mindset thing where it's like, okay, if I send it on Saturday, that's one less lead that might respond to me if I fuck up the day. But then like you graduate from being at that place and operating it of a place of abundance where it's like, yo, I have 10,000 emails that I need to send emails to this this quarter. And you know, if one of them like doesn't see, or I send the wrong message to them or like, get it at the wrong time, one of two things, it's either like, fuck them, I'll just like work with somebody else or two, I'll just follow up on Monday. And if they don't respond on Saturday, then whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I that's what I was, that's a good point. I was like, like just thinking about it now, like, okay, this is all lead. This is not the only business fucking on earth like if this doesn't go whatever then like who gives a shit dude there's other places i can go yeah this is something i've been thinking about a lot actually people need to start thinking about cold email the way that people think of ads so we think about cold email differently because you actually have a connection with the person you feel like you're emailing them you feel like you already like you have like a parasocial relationship in your head because you see their name their email their company on your sheet and you're literally typing them up an email proposing to like do business with them like hoping that they say yes. 
And like, that's a good way to go about it because it's more personal and like people really respond well to that, but it puts you in your head. And when we run ads, we don't think about that the same way at all. Like we don't think about like, what is this person, this nameless, faceless person on Facebook going to think when they see my ad, we don't care. Just put it out there and to like, yeah. they're just newer to you. Right. Where it's like, I'm just going to make it so that a thousand people a day see this ad and 20% of them are going to click 5% of them are going to convert. And then those are going to be my customers and then I'll create a relationship with them after. But with cold email, we think about it as like, oh, I can't like mess up this message because it's like I'm going like with a friend. It's like, no, send emails whenever you want. You don't have to turn off the campaign. Follow up with them as many times as it takes for them to either say fuck off or unsubscribe because that's what happens with ads. Like you don't say like, oh, I've already served them three times with this ad. Um, like what if, what if they get mad at me? Like what if they hate my ad? You, you don't like nobody says that. You just go like, oh, they haven't bought yet, so they're probably going to still see this ad. You just think about it the same way when you're following up. So when you're following up, if they haven't responded or like done anything positively towards like at least or like booked a call or whatever, that means that they just haven't heard a market like a message they've heard yet that's going to make them convert. Ads are the same thing where it's like you don't just keep hitting them with the same ad either. You like retarget something else. Um, you can say. You know, like you can either just go through different benefit points and like just keep trying to find a benefit point or an angle that works for them and like just keep ripping it, bro. But like, yeah, I think that's something that beginners really need to understand is like, don't get in your head about cold emails just because it has the word email in it. Like you're not actually emailing them. Your company is sending an automated message that's just landing in their inbox. It's not an email from you to them. And I think like, honestly, the best thing that a beginner can do to get themselves out of this is create a fake email address with a fake name so that no backlash ever comes to you. So like, for example, I wish I did this when I started. Whereas like, if I had an email that was like james at cardinalcopy.co, right? And then anytime James sends an email, he starts a relationship and I'm the big boss that comes in and finishes the relationship and gets the sale done. And if James gets cursed out, who gives a fuck because James isn't real? Dude, that's freaking brilliant. Holy fuck, shit, dude. dude. We, we were just talking over here. We bro. were just talking about um Andy Dufresne. We were just talking about fake ideas IDs before this. And with the use of a fake ID. For copywriting, mm -hmm. of course. Just yeah, in case I mean, you ever get cards yeah. in a cold email, yeah. No, I did this uh I did want to ask um because I actually I ran into this question. And I think it's in cash advertising. I don't remember if it's if it's that or something else. But um, the people who are like too nice, the smart people who are too nice to try and use the naivety, naivety, yeah, naivety of the the dumber people. I guess you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying. They like feel yeah. they feel like it's like rude to do that. Like, how do you get over that? Cause you see, I mean, you seem like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> I think I'm nice. I think you're pretty cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> Helped an old lady cross the street the other day. Hey, um, we up, baby, we up. <laughs> um, so, so the question is like, should you feel bad about quote unquote manipulating people that you deem to be dumber than you? No, not should you, because like the normal like general reaction is they will. How do you get over that? How do you get over the feeling of of like feeling like a piece of shit because you're kind of manipulating when really you're just creating an ad that's smarter using them against themselves? I think that like I think that like um, the the product should speak for itself. I'll give you a great example. 
So I got on the sales call. I didn't end up taking this client. I actually passed him off to another guy who's probably more likely to help him. But I was talking to this guy. His name's Michael. And he owns this. He used to be an accountant or a CPA. And I think he also used to work for the IRS. And then he left. I think he got a pretty nice bonus. So he spent like a year um, learning how to get out of back taxes, right? So back taxes, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically like you owe the government money and they're coming after you. And it's a big deal. Like, it's scary. And he found a way to get around it. Um, and in his head, because I talked to him, he's just like this like crazy, fiery, like Jewish dude from Florida. And he was so excited about this product because he knows how scary back taxes are. And he knows that like people will pay anything to get out of it. And he was actually giving them a break. Like a lot of people, he had, yeah. So like a lot of people owe thousands of dollars. And I think the, the course of like how to get out of it or how to like handle it was only like a thousand and he had a list i'm gonna mute my stuff mute this mute for her oh is that so, you the discord i thought that was i thought that was me dude. <laughs> um, it might be you i actually have no idea no you got headphones on so it's, it wouldn't be you yeah um so so this guy that he sort of changed my philosophy on sales which is like the product is so good you could charge a thousand dollars for this and people would still say thank you Right. And so if you know that you, you have a thing that's going to help someone, like you're so proud of your product, you know, it's going to change their life. Literally, it's going to save them. You would you would die before you let someone get off the phone because you're going to get money and their problem is going to get solved. A big problem. Right. And so if you had a thing that sort of got people out of back taxes, you would do everything you can to make sure that every single person in the United States gets out of that. Right. And so he had a list of like 250,000 people that like had that and they were just going to run cold email campaigns. I guarantee you when that guy was running cold emails, he did not say like, yo, like, should I message this person on a Saturday? Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter because your product is so good at like, and it's so helpful and so necessary that you can message them whatever day you want. Like, you know that they need it and you know that they're going to buy from you because it's better. Like they would rather part with a thousand dollars and give it to you than have to deal with the IRS breathing down the neck. And so obviously like, freelance copywriting for info product or coaches or whatever probably isn't the same level of what like of like severity but i think that if you take that mindset and you apply it to your business number one your product is gonna be better and two you're gonna be less antsy about sales because you're gonna know like i can't possibly be annoying this person because i'm literally going to save their life like it's like if someone was choking and you had to do like if you had to heimlich them like would you like you would you know that they need you. And so like, you're not going to feel like you're annoying them. Like you're literally saving their life. So that's how, that's the mindset you got to take with it. That's what's really going to change it for you. Yeah. I think like, you just kind of have to view like sales specifically, like you're a problem solver. Like Trevor and I, we had our first like cold calls a few days ago. Hey, we just kind of got a hair up our ass and just said like, fuck this, you know, we're just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, we call this lady or I, I call this lady and I already kind of knew in my head what I was going to say, what her objections could have been, you know? So like, like there, there is like an element to kind of like psychology. Like I don't want to call it manipulation. Like I'm not making her think anything. I'm just kind of guiding her along to get to where she's actually open to getting my solution to her problem. And I knew that the problem would help her, especially after she started telling me like how bad what she's currently doing is, is not working for. Her. And so it kind of helped me see like, okay, I'm not really so much of a salesman as I am just a guy who gets paid to solve people's problems or to mm -hmm. connect people with the solution to their problem. Right. So 
it, I, I think it's a good feeling. Like a lot of these, like if your offer's a no brainer and people like it actually helps people, like it's not worth selling like, like a, a, a service that's going to hurt people. You know what I mean? I'm not scamming anyone, but we like, we're connecting people with solutions to the problems. They just don't know that they have the problem or a way to find it, the solution yet. So right. uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's like a good feeling. Like I know there is some like psychology and it can get bad. Like if I was reading the copywriter's handbook and uh, it was a Jordan Belfort book too. It was on the reading list, but I forget what it's called. Way of the Wolf. That's what it was. And he was saying how this is some powerful shit, man. And you got to use it to kind of help people. Like you can use it to really screw people out of their money, but all you're doing then is just kind of spreading misery, you know? Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, there's very few things that you can feel like, oh, I'm actually manipulating this person. And it's not a matter of right or wrong or should I get over it or how do I get over it? Just don't manipulate people. Like people, like your product is not manip manipulative at all. Like if your product is copywriting, like you can't possibly manipulate, like you're, you're providing a service. You know what I mean? I think where people, people call me out and I honestly think that this is kind of fair. Like, so people, people will say like, oh, this guy has a course, like fuck him. Like, especially on TikTok. Oh, and they, you know, and they're really? like, yeah, bro. Oh, bro like, I just oh, watched one on, uh, who's Thomas Ganey. I just watched one on him. That dude was tearing him up for no reason. Like a whole YouTube video tearing him up saying he's a fraud. Why? Cause he has a course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, I actually DM someone and I said like, yo, why is it a bad football course? Like genuinely and he said oh like well some people they like only have like a minimum experience with this kind of stuff and they like put it in a course and um like they they just want to make money off that because they don't know how to make money off the other thing but like your free stuff is good though like your your tiktok is good i'm like well if my tiktok is good then don't you think my course cash and sending it would be like 100 times better if not more i'm like do you think that a course on how to make money you would actually get your money back like you'll buy a course on cooking you're not going to be ROI positive on that. You'll learn how to cook, but you're never going to see that money again. With this, you can literally spend 15 bucks a week for three weeks, spend 45 bucks, make a grand. Like that's a pretty good deal. So I don't know. Like there's a lot of people that like will say that just because they don't understand. It's, it's a really weird thing. There's a lot to understand. It's not as simple as just like money in exchange for a good product or service. Yeah, so there's a lot to it. And the reason the reason people are so like pissed at courses because they don't see it as like a legitimate thing. But I took the exact same shit and I said it was a book. You would read that fucking book. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's weird, bro. It's we have a lot of biases that come from like brokey mindset. Like I'm the same way. And like, dude, like my parents are the best. Like I my dad in particular, um, he's 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 a great dude, but like he comes from like a really shitty background. Like he was super poor and he made it like in terms of like hometown kind of guy. like he was like, he came like his parents were like, like drug addicts. Like everyone in this family is a drug addict or they, they're an alcoholic or they live out of a fucking trailer or something like that. And he like, he had a great job and now he's like, he's about to retire in, in five years with a couple of M's in the bank and like just over the moon. Right. And, um, He's just still got the same mindset because that's how he like protected himself of like, don't do this. That's a scam. Don't buy this. That's a waste of money. Da, 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 da. It's like, that's, that's all stuff that you have to leave behind. If you're going to progress out of that, 
like Alex Ramosi says this, and I think it's kind of corny, but I think there is truth to it. You can't do what ninety nine, you can't do what ninety nine percent of people do if you want to be in the one percent or something like that. It was like I kind of butchered it, but that's kind of how it is. And it's like you got to make some serious fucking changes to the way that you think and the way that you act if you want to be where you want to be. Yeah, man. I don't know if you saw the 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 Kanye uh, interview with Piers Morgan when he just called him like a broke boy on there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the same <laughs> shit. Like, he's like, 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 how much? How how rich are you, Piers? Like, uh, unfortunately, I don't have as much as you. Okay, so why would I listen to you? <laughs> like, it, it, it wouldn't yeah, make. Why would I listen to you? It doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you listen to me? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of like that. Like, you don't take advice from someone in the ninety ninety nine percent if you want to be in the one percent. Yeah. No, I my think... parents definitely grew up with like a, like not a lot of money, but I always thought like, okay, if someone's selling something, it's a scam. Like I don't even know why. It's weird. No, my parents raised me on nothing is free. <laughs> like so, it's, there's a catch to something. Everything there's a catch to it. Mm-hmm. What's the catch? Yeah, yeah, right. Like okay, if this dude's selling me a copywriting course, what's the catch? Like okay, I got to pay money, and then like I got to pay more money or some shit, or like it's not yeah. gonna work or something. Yeah, you just got to be able to, like, pull the trigger is really what it is. You got to be like, all right, well, it's 35 bucks or 45 bucks. I, I either lose it or I don't, you know, like I, I lose it or I get it back. And if I lose it, it's 45 bucks. I would have bought fucking, what, 10 monsters for that. Shout out to Joey V. That's what I first thought when I joined Cashless Syndicate, dude. Yeah, 10 bucks for some monster. No, it was, I remember it was like nine bucks a month when uh, when I first got on there. Like crazy money looking back at it. Like just the value you got for that money. Like $9, bro. Like forget about it. Um, forget about it. Yeah, dude. It's like, I'm sorry. I just totally forgot where I was going with this show. <laughs> My bad, dude. <laughs> Do what? Just the way we think about spending money. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm okay, I'm, I'm spending nine bucks, man. And I'm like getting so much value it's just such a no-brainer and it's like you want to just you really just want to tell it to everyone it's like yeah, like, yeah you got to pay to play for a lot of these things dude. i think i think that's a big part of the psychology thing too like feeling bad about about like convincing someone to buy your product because if it's such a no-brainer it just like like me like if you have an offer that's such a no-brainer it feels almost bad <laughs> you're like why why would you guys not be doing this already why I don't know, you know, like it just feels bad for me to come to you with this and you and feel like I'm on top. Mm -hmm. I think that just that just fucks with your mentality overall. Yeah. And that's just like, I don't know. I think like there's pros and cons to changing the way you think, because like I've talked about this, like I feel super out of touch these days, like really out of touch. And it's and I have to I've been on calls with D and with with other people saying like i have to literally hypnotize myself to figure out like what it feels like and this is only a couple years ago this is not even that far off it, like it's a, it, i i felt like my mind changed quick i have to hypnotize myself to feel what it feels like to spend 15 dollars a week on something and i think like 15 bucks to me now is like i would spend that on anything like literally anything um <laughs> but like $15 like for a community back then is like I'd have to probably really mull it over and I'd have to have a lot of proof to make sure that I know it's going to work for me. And so like once like it's a it's an empathy thing and so like on one hand like you feel free because like you feel 
you don't feel fifteen dollars coming out of your bank account like even for you guys now like fifteen bucks like whatever because after like and, and but then then it puts you out of touch with the regular consumer who makes like thirty grand a year and like they're trying to like solve a problem for themselves like is fifteen dollars a week worth it to them so yeah I don't know man it's weird. It's a weird mindset. Yeah, I wouldn't even notice I was paying if I didn't get the fucking email receipts. It's the only reason I know. <laughs> yeah, bro. I just yeah. paid for the year one, so I didn't have to worry about it. Nice, dude. Congrats. Yeah, that's a good value, Because, I mean, I thought about it, and I don't know who it was. I think it was David. He was just saying, like, if you if you leave, just know, like, you're pretty much quitting. Like, you're doing yourself a disservice. And it's not even, like... At some point, I'm sure I could read the, your modules and your videos and watch them like 10 times over and just keep learning and learning. But at this point, it's just like I could go into Cashflow Syndicate at any point in my day on my phone or whatever and just go into the W's or the Y or job opportunity and just talk to people that are trying to grind. Like it's yeah, it, bro. That's the thing. Like this is this is why we made it the community. Like we wanted to make it a community because like I'm kind of from like boomer land in terms of like actually making money online. Like I started before there were all these resources. Like there wasn't even really much on YouTube. Like the only YouTube copywriter that I can remember was Alex Catoni. There was nothing else. It was like some some Indian dude with like fifteen views on a video. <laughs> like trying to explain it. And now like there's so much stuff. And so like I think it's important that you have a community when you're starting this stuff out because like it's really shitty when you don't have like people that are kind of on the same wave as you. Like I remember like uh, last year, 2021, I was like doing well with business, but like, dude, I was like, so like, I don't even want to say depressed because I wasn't like sad. I just felt like hopeless because I had like no people that were like doing what I was doing. And like the friends that I had that weren't doing what I was doing, I didn't want to hang out with them anymore. I was like, you guys don't even give a fuck about this. Like, what are we going to talk about? All I want to talk about is fucking business right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. It was all I did because I was, I was, I had to manage a crazy workload and I was working like eight to 12 hours a day, most days, like sometimes on the weekends too. And it was just a nightmare, bro. And so I was like, I was like, I, when I, when me and D built this, I was like, this is what we need because we need people who are like brand new in business to like make connections with cool people and like, they need they need to know that it's actually they're not alone right because that really sucks <clears throat> and so like that was like the main design of it because like i want people to be in this community for years and then like they join today and then october 31st 2025 they're still in cashflow syndicate and they're like yo like i, I literally did like 100k in, in sales today or a million in sales today or i'm gonna do or i'm gonna sell my company for like 30 m's like, I remember when I joined this cash, like, cash syndicate and I had all these friends and, like, we're all doing big shit now. Like, people say, like, people people are commenting on my TikToks right now because I just did a thing where it's, like, networking with, like, like people who are doing stuff that we're doing, right? And they're like, oh, but it's just, it's unfair because, like, I don't even know how to find these people. Like, I don't know where they are, da, da, da. And it's like, like you kind of, you already know where to find them. You know, people are just lazy. Like, just join. I think, yeah, that's what I like about Cashflow Syndicate, like, it's it's something that like it takes a certain intelligence to be able to like find it and then to like actually join and participate in it so like everyone there i know at least thinks a little bit like me 
-hmm. you know like it's not like anyone's just waltzing in here you know with with nothing that they got going for them like the people in there have some core some sort of business mindset you know uh and that's that's really what i like i just like i if I didn't have cash flow syndicate, I'd be like, where would I ask this fucking question about cold emails, bro? Like, yeah, bro. Have, like, it was the, the it was hell? the other day you texted texted me asking who, uh, like who, you were like googling it or something. I was like, bro, that's a cash flow remember. syndicate yeah. question. <laughs> I was like, you it probably just, was. Yeah, you just hop on cash flow and type in the question, and it'll be answered within three minutes from four different people all grinding right now, probably on the same fucking problem. Yeah. Okay. yeah, bro. Yeah. That's that's what I love about it is like it's actually starting to manage itself now. Like for I mean for months, like D and I were in there, we had to answer every single question, and now so you can kind of just post up in the chat, and like someone will answer it. It's yeah, pretty cool. Like I, 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 if I can answer someone in the chat, I will. That's how it is. Like if I post up and there's there's a, a question in there, I'll be like, fuck it, I'm here. I may as well just try and answer it. But you did uh, you did mention uh, the feeling of loneliness. That's actually yeah. why we created the podcast. Because after, after the army, I I got scammed kind of. I got medically discharged from the army. I tried to do twenty years, and, uh, and they, yeah, they boinked my ass. Said, "Hey, you actually have scoliosis, so you can't be in." And then, um, so yeah, I, I met all my buddies from age nineteen to now twenty four, and I'm getting kicked out, moving back home to nobody but my family. So I was alone. And finally, I was like, Kevin, I, this is it. I, you know who Sobra is? Yeah. Yeah. So I we listen. Or he sent me a Sobra, and I was like, all right, listen to the Sobra, and then I we just started a podcast because that that sense of feeling alone fucking sucks. Like there ain't there ain't nothing worse than that. But oh man, I mean, for you, that's probably like I can't <clears throat> I can't even imagine that. You, yeah. So they just kicked you. Yeah. Well, it was like a year process. So, yeah, I was Trevor's boss, right? So he would come asking me about what was going on. Like basically, right? Well, they like they, you you got told that you were getting kicked yeah. out. It was basically like so in in March, in March of uh, what is it, twenty twenty one? They were like, hey, you can't be in anymore. And then for the next eight months, it was like, hey, you might be in, you might not be. We don't fucking know. But for now, just hang out until we know. So for eight months, I was just chilling. And then on the ninth month, they told me finally, hey, you're out. So it was all just like up in the air. Yeah. And so you come back home and you're just like. I was just alone, bro. So actually, yeah, I came back home and uh, came back home. Before the army, I was a nice, good, good little kid. Didn't drink, didn't smoke. And then when I got out of the army, I started smoking because I became an alcoholic in the army. I got out of the army, started started smoking and my mom didn't like it. So she was like, look, you got to quit smoking or get out. So I ended up having to get out and, uh, yeah, started being way too alone. I was like, I either have to fucking leave this place or I, I, I I didn't even know what to do. Somehow I'm still here. (laughs) Basically fucking kicking in bitch. That's, that's why we created this is try to get a community going. Just that sense of sense of fucking community just know you're not alone people have done what you have you're not the first person to do what you're doing you're not the first person to fail you're not the first person to succeed you're not the first person to know what the fuck's going on like it's just join join a community and and get involved yeah i think that's huge bro i think it's so important like dude like yours is probably worse than mine but i was a little bit spoiled um and so like yeah i just remember like i think that the number one thing that i just kept thinking 
this was like months, bro. This was like just months that I would just be like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, I just lost my girl too. Um, Cause like she also didn't get it. It kind of like took over my life, business did. And um, I was just thinking like, is this it? Like, do I literally just like wake up, write copy, go for a drive, get some food, go to bed forever? Like yeah. when, it, when is this gonna change? And like, you realize also too, like it doesn't just fall in your lap. Like I actually like, I tweeted about this a little bit last year, but like I used to manage an artist because I wanted to like get into a circle. Like I, I was kind of like, I was thinking like, okay, like if I, who do I want to chill with? Okay. I want to chill with people that are like ambitious and like kind of fun. Like I wanted to go and party. I just, I just wanted to feel something. And so I just like, I found there was this artist that I was like kind of working with as a, a guitar player. And I had all this business knowledge. I was like, well, why don't I just like, move towards like managing him and then like i can just like kick it with this guy all the time and then so he ended up introducing me to like all of his boys and like all these people like literally like fucking 50 people so i went from having like no friends like having like a handful of like cool people like in a couple months and like and then you just build like your social circle out from that but like there's so many people that like don't like they can't they can't be bothered to like make that change and so they're just like they just resign themselves to like being alone and when like you realize, like, that's one of the worst things you can do for yourself. Like, there were literally, like, days at a time, like, three or four days, especially if I didn't have, like, calls or anything with clients, that I wouldn't say any words. Like, I wouldn't have a reason to talk. And so I would, like, start my week on Monday and then open my mouth and say words for the first time on Thursday. Like, I wasn't talking to anyone. And so, like, also, like, when I would start hanging with people, like, I'd be, like, literally autistic. Because, like, I just I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. Like, I was, like, like I had nothing else in my life other than business, and so like that was all I could think about. Do you think that and, was like, like bad? You keep talking about you had like you, that's all you talked about and everything in it. Like you're sitting here now, you're pretty well off in the business world, so couldn't have been too horrible. But like at the time where you like fuck me, like all I got going right now is business. I don't even have any friends. Yeah, you I think like I, I know what you mean. I, like there's nothing wrong with like going through periods of your life where you're like really into something. And maybe it's just the way that I'm personally wired, but I need balance. And so, like, right now, my life is, like, the most fun it's ever been. And I'm thinking about business probably the least. Like, I think about business, like, some, like, I'll have, like, random epiphanies, but it's very rare that, like, my brain doesn't shut off at, like, 5 p.m. Oh, bro. You know what I mean? And I'm fine yeah, with that. I swear to God. <laughs> the, the, start, the start, you need to be on it 24-7 or else it's not going to... Well, no, that's, that's what we were, uh, we were trying to say in cash flow is like me and Kevin both have an income from the army. So we're not like in dire need to get something going, you know? So like, that's, I guess that's kind of where we're going. Like at five o'clock, we're both just like, dude, I just run out of energy. At yeah. Five o'clock. I'll start working at fucking 6am, like five o'clock, dude. Oh my God. I'm useless. bro. Don't that's fine. 11 hours a day is good. Yeah, yeah. more than I more than I do when I started, but like it would be like I would work for like three or four hours a day, and then I would just like sit and fantasize about it for like the rest of the time, and yeah, so I, like that that was where I was at. But now my brain goes like I'm just trying to. This is another thing from the My First Million guys, which like if you guys aren't listening, to that I highly recommend you do because it's really really good about like business philosophy and just like kind of relating to people who make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, we'll link that down yeah. below. They're yeah. both worth like eight mils or not? Sorry, eight not eight figures i mean um and uh sean the guy who sold his company to twitch talks about like i don't think about like 
I, all I think about is like, how can I design like my perfect day? Like if I design my perfect day, it does not involve me working 12 hours a day. It's probably working six hours a day and then hanging out with my family and hanging out with my friends and having a dope meal and having a sick workout and sleeping in a really nice bed and having a sick sleep and doing that over and over and over again. Like that's a perfect day. Yeah. And so like when I think about my perfect day, I'm not working 12 hours, I'm working six, going out to Moxie's, grabbing a couple drinks, hanging out with the boys, going, going to the beach. We did this yesterday. We went to the beach, like chopped open some coconuts with a machete, drank some coconut water, you know, had some, uh, had some whatever the fuck this stuff is in, inside. Tastes terrible, by the way. Oh. I don't know if you guys have ever had like a real coconut, but it's fucking disgusting. Like a like, survivor, man. Yeah, like Luke, you guys know Luke Alexander, right? Yeah, yeah. Luke was like, Luke loves it, like genuinely. And then our other boy, Sanjay, was like pretending it was good, I think. And I was like the only, I was like, dude, like this is not good. Like it's like, <laughs> you think it's going to be sweet, but it's actually salty. And it kind of tastes like dirt a little bit, uh, but like, anyway. The yeah, IPA it, of the fruit world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the IPA, bro. People, people just like act like they like them. <laughs> that was yeah, you, dude. When I first showed up to Army, I, I was 19, so I wasn't drinking, but Kevin was. And Kevin was big on the IPA game. He'd bring in, like, these gross, like, gross IPA. Like, I could sniff terrible. the fucking hops from it. Like, just yeah. – and just I could taste it from there. And this dude fake liked them for, like, a year. Finally, when I was able to drink, he's like, dude, I don't fucking drink those. Hell no. I thought it made me sophisticated. And I'm like, this is terrible. It's not even worth it. I don't give a fuck what they think of it. I'm not drinking this lemon pledge no more. This is terrible. No, I do want to ask, though, real quick. If you can tell us, what what does, like, the future of cash flow look like? Oh, like, dude, like, we want to have, like, we want to have, like, 50,000 members. Like, I... My sort of thing with this, like, and I've talked about this a little bit, like, my, my, like, passion in life is not, like, email marketing, <laughs> you know? No? Come on. What? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, I do it because I'm good at it, but, like, it doesn't get my, it doesn't get me going. Like, I don't think, like, I've never once thought, like, we're going to be the biggest and best email agency in the world. Like, that's not my goal. However, I know, I know the kind of transformation that I went through going from working in a restaurant and like thinking that I have no life prospects to like having some idea of what I wanted to do and then actually doing it and then making a bunch of money and having a really good life after that. Like that to me is like, if I, if I could rewatch that story of myself just going through that, cause it literally, it literally felt like a movie when I look back in my head and it probably does for a lot of people. And there are like compared to how many people there are in the world, especially people that really fucking hate their lives so few people that know that this is an option i want cashless syndicate to be the thing that teaches people like this is actually possible here are thousands of other people that are doing the exact same thing they're right here in this thing you can message them at any time we have dudes that are making 50 bucks a month online we have dudes that are making five grand we have dudes that are making fifty thousand. we have dudes that are making a million a month you know what i mean like here's everyone who's in cashless syndicate you can talk to them you know, some of the dudes that are higher up, like you might not be able to reach them, but like there's there's always someone to like kind of give you pointers or to like tell you that you shouldn't give up because like you're probably right around the corner or to tell you that you shouldn't be afraid of sales or to tell you that like, you know, you can just do that. Like I want people to feel like they can sort of come up in this environment and feel comfortable doing it and they're not going to feel like 
completely confused because I think Cashless Cindy is a pretty good product for that. Like I think like the course content that we have in there, like is everything that you're going to need to know to just start something. Because that's the number one question people have is like, how do I start? This is how you start. This is how you do it. Yeah, it's so easy. You can do it on a hundred bucks. If you have less than that, you can find a way to make it work. You can probably start something on twenty bucks. If you have twenty dollars to invest, you can start a service-based business, and you can be making at least a thousand dollars a month within a month or two. And that's really crazy to some people, and it may sound like impossible, but I want everyone to know that it is possible. Because if there's anyone that didn't believe it, if there's anyone who's skeptical, it was me, and I made it work. And I I want I want everyone to know that. I think like a lot of there's a lot of co- like communities like that. But I don't think that they're as real as DNI are, and I don't think that they have cultivated the type of community or audience that DNI have. Like we have some really, really fucking cool people in there, like you guys, that are actually doing shit, and you're not just like NPC bots that are like dumb. Like we, you guys really do enforce the culture. Like if you go to any other thing, like it, it looks like they're all just dick suckers. Like they're all just in there, like GM guys, how's it going? Everybody, like. <laughs> There will be dudes in Cash Attendance that are like, yo, shut that, like, gay shit up. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, shut the fuck up. Don't if you tell know me good I'm... morning, goddamn. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, broke. don't be weird. Like, <laughs> this morning sucks. I'm so... still broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I just, I see that becoming, like, a big thing. Yeah, no, I mean, actions speak louder than words. And, and for anyone who doesn't know, um, I have not talked to Mason more than one time other than this and i think i could pull it up right now it's like a discord of me asking for a job like you had a job opportunity in your link so you and david we both me and kevin have not talked to either one of you and you both both hopped on right away for the podcast so if that don't speak for itself i don't know what does <clears throat> oh dude yeah i'm always down to chat yeah. like this is fun too yeah um fuck i had a question oh yeah yeah, yeah. the people that think like there's not there's not like more businesses out there. I think, especially now with YouTube blowing up with all the SMMA uh, agencies, like build your own, all the people trying to sell it, they're thinking like, all right, too many people have caught on. Like there's, there's plenty of businesses out there. Um, and, and just, I listened to Thomas, Thomas Ganae with David for like, I, I watched the whole podcast, but it was something in like 30 seconds. He just explained why he chose the clients he chose to go after. And sure enough, me and Kevin just listened to him for 30 seconds, and the first three people we called all answered the phone, and it was the owner on the phone. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. like, you just got to know who to call, when to call, why to call. So how do you – like, wh- what other, like, um, untapped business do you think people can, can – or how do you th- critically think of who to call next, I guess? I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I, so here's here's how I answer that question because I don't even think that you have to pivot to an untapped industry because, like, even if you do the thing that in our world is the most saturated, right, which I believe to be email marketing for e-commerce, everyone's doing it. Every every month, there, there are, like, hundreds of big agencies that do millions a year that sign 10 new e-commerce brands every single month. Hundreds of them. They're always around. And so, like, all you have to do is for over the course of six months, steal one of those and make it your client. Like, every other agency in the world is signing two to 50 clients a month, people that you want to work with. You only need three or four. Like, let's say you're charging super low ticket, like three grand a month. You have four of those, you're making 12 grand a month. Like, that's a salary that most people will never see. It doesn't take much to be making money. And there are like, you know, 
so that's one thing. The second thing is most people are fucking lazy. And so if you see a video on SMMA and it has like 100,000 views, which is pretty common, I would guess that maybe 500 of those people are even going to try and then 50 are actually going to make it work. And then five are actually going to become millionaires with that. Like people are so lazy, bro. People say this all the time. Like your, your videos, you brought copyright. First of all, I don't even believe this, but they say like, yo, you're making copywriting like saturated. Like you're, it's like too mainstream now. Cause like you're on TikTok and like, cause like some of the videos that I have talking about copywriting are fucking pretty big, like a couple million views, which is cool. But it also makes people think like, oh, millions of people have heard of this. So like, there's no room for me anymore. No, dude, like, out of a million, 10 are going to try it. You know what I mean? So there's that. And there's like so many fucking businesses in the world that need your help. Like if it's copyright, yeah, for example, that, yeah. every, every business, like just in the U.S. alone, there are 30 million businesses. And that's that's like 2020 numbers. So I'm sure it's probably doubled since then because so many people started businesses during COVID. And like, there's just stuff that pops up every year. It just becomes easier and easier to start something. So I would, I would bet there's probably like 60 million. And that's just in the US. In Canada, there's probably like another five. In Australia, there's probably another five. UK, there's probably 10. Throughout Europe, like English speaking countries, probably another 30. Like you can literally, like you, you will never, ever, ever run out of people to talk to. Like you could literally 10x the number of copywriters that exist in the world and there's still going to be like 10% of businesses that like don't even know where to find a copywriter, can't even get their hands on one because everyone's too busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what, that's what no, kind of lit up my well. mind is I got back to Florida and I started driving and it's just like there's a McDonald's here, there's another business right next to it, and then there's a plaza right next to it full of 10 mom and pop shops. And then right next to it down the street is another plaza full of 10 more mom and pop shots. And like, someone's got to be running these. Um, I guarantee you they're not smarter. If, if they are smarter than me, it can't be by too much. Why, why can I not be in a business owner, business running, like mentality mindset? Why could I not be in their shoes? And that's what mm -hmm. got me out of like, all right, I'm not getting a boss really ever again. Like, I'm sick of the boss. Like, is that a strawberry watermelon fume bar? What's that? That vape. Is that a strawberry watermelon? Hey, raspberry. Just got it today. Bro. Raspberry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a vape connoisseur. A connoisseur? Yeah. I like these joints right here, bro. Shout out to Owen, bro. Not so like Zins? Yeah, yeah. They're fucking stronger, though. These are like eight. I think Zins only about to six. Ooh, dude. I, I had a Zin. I didn't realize you weren't supposed to swallow your spit. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Or no wait, do you? I do. Yeah. No, no. bro, it like destroys your throat. I, no, I know what you're talking about. Didn't know tobacco ever hurt no one, dude. <laughs> destroys my stomach, bro. Like I, I packed a lip, and like I just, I immediately got a head rush, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then like, <laughs> I just like was trying, I was like swallowing, and like my stomach just started to feel like awful. I was like, oh, no. Like, it was just, like, on fire. I was like, that's bad. Oh, so I just, dude. Uh, never had a Zen again. It was terrible. You wouldn't like the European ones, bro. Like, in, in the States, it's hard to find one that's 12 milligrams even. I know in Europe, they got them, like, 30 or 40, dude. Like, crazy oh. strong. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't even vape when I'm in Europe. I just, like, I just buy a pack of cigarettes. Same yeah, I'm a, I'm yeah. a, yeah. Uh, I, I, dude, I ain't been to Europe that often. Yeah, every time I'm in Europe, dude. Totally. I'm, I'm normally in uh, Ramstein. <laughs> yeah, on a fucking C17.
This shit garbage. No, Mason, I do want to talk a little bit because when I was growing up, it was a thing that I heard a lot. Not too much, but I heard a decent amount. Uh, business partners are bad. Don't try to go to business with another partner. They'll screw you over. Don't ever try to split your business. But, I mean, you and David run cash flow pretty well. How do you feel about business partners and just col like collabing with people? I don't think there's anything wrong with, with – um, so that's a that's an interesting thing you say because I remember like that was one thing that I heard a lot when I was a kid. Like if there were – because I only knew a few people that like ran their own businesses and if I did, they were like – it was like a contracting thing, right? It was like they do construction or something. Those are the people that own their yeah. own businesses and they'd have a partner that screwed them over for like you know 50 grand or 100 grand or something like that. I think like um, I got lucky like – D is very fucking smart. There's there's a couple of things like you have to you have to know that the person you're working with isn't going to screw you over. Like I, I that's kind of like a gut feeling thing. Like you can't even really teach that. Um. Yeah, like it, it's just a character thing. I think the one thing that people mess up is they get too excited to just be in in business with someone else, and they like will work with their their friend or something like that. And like a lot of times, like your boys, like your hometown boys, are terrible business partners. Because number one, they, they probably don't know anything about business, even if you think they do. And you may be misaligned in terms of motivation. Like, I think, like, D and I actually had, like, a business partner relationship before we were, like, friends. Like, we became friends after, just because we spent so much time together. Like, we were business partners first. Like, we chose each other based on the skills that we had, not because we were just, like, close. Um, so I think that's part of it, too. Like, you have to pick people based on, like, who they are and what they can do instead of, like, how much you fuck with them. Obviously, it's important to fuck with them. Um, but like, that's, that's rare. Like, I know a lot of people that fucking like, do not like their business partners, but they're doing like 20 million a year and like, they're very profitable and there's like nothing technically wrong with the relationship. They just don't jive together. I don't know. But I think like, if you can start a business solo, do it. Like keep your margin. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of lucked out on that. Like we were friends first, obviously, but then like, once we started doing like more business shit, you could see a lot more of like, okay what i'm bad at trevor's really good at like like trevor trevor is like he, he's mad i don't know what you're about to say oh yeah confrontational people. i'm just not that kind of guy dude. i kind of get along with everyone so like so, sometimes situations require that you know and okay. like it's fucking too dope to be like all right trevor you can knock that out and like i'll do the sales call with the fucking dickhead like that's fine how do you guys split up your roles like what do you do just kind of roll with it, no, man. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, like you guys said, like don't split up, like don't find a niche yet. Um, it's just more like the the skill sets we both have. We both know the skill set of each other and kind of work off of that. Okay, I mean, guys... right, right now though, we both kind of do the same thing. Like we're both in mark. Like we both make similar emails. You know, like we're both working with the same client. Like a lot of our shit is is almost identical. It's just that little shit, like okay, I got to do a sales call and I know the person's like going to be this way. Okay. Then, then like, I'll just be like, okay, yeah, dude, I'll do that. Or if it's going to be a certain way, it's like, Trevor, yeah, you should probably handle that, man. I'd be more up your alley. So we just kind of like one off it, I guess. So you both do sales calls and you both do fulfillment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think that works now, but I'm curious to see kind of what happens once you guys start to scale. Because what, what should happen is business partners don't, brute force things together one person does sales one person does fulfillment especially with an agency 
I tried to explain this on an Internet Kids episode. They didn't really understand what I was saying. No, I see um, what you're saying, but the only so the only reason we're not doing that is because we only we don't have clients yet. Once we get clients, right. oh, I could definitely right. so see just people. just Kevin doing sales and then just me on the back fucking grinding away. Yeah, because you'd be chilling. Yeah, <laughs> like if we had no clients, like yeah, Kev be working his ass off. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I'd be yeah. running that game, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> you have any clients today, Kev? <laughs> you're just sitting there getting. I mean, I mean, it doesn't really Fuck. matter if you both like aren't really getting like paid. in the pursuit of happiness, like like a phone fucking like taped to my head or some shit. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think like as you guys start to scale, you'll realize the importance. Because like, bro, me and D did the same shit when we started too, and we realized after like once we started to grow, we were like, okay, now we have to divide roles. So like with an agency, for example, one person grows the business and one person ensures that the product never fucks up. So like with a, a software company, it's the same thing. Like CEO, CTO, CEO grows the business. They pound the pavement trying to get customers. And the CTO is in charge of the product because your product is everything when you're just a brand new company. And so like, that's how tech companies operate. That's how agencies operate. The way that we operated was kind of different because it's like, we were both kind of the face of it. We were both doing everything on Twitter. And then me and D were always kind of close. Like he would be, he would have more followers than me one day on Twitter. And then I would kind of grow past him. We'd kind of grow like this. And then I went like this and D like, kind of stagnated a little bit and then I started TikTok and then I like basically fucking blew up on TikTok and so we were like okay what makes the most sense D is product I am acquisition I'm going to get customers for us I'm going to find people that actually want to join the community and you are going to make sure that everything is good inside and so like it's kind of like a hunter gatherer kind of relationship um, hey, hey it's but, worked since the dawn of men bro. Yeah. yeah legit and so like same yeah um, it, the structure with Chase and I is a little bit different, um, which like, I'm curious to see kind of how that rolls out. Cause we're both marketers. Like we're both really good marketers, but I am the product and he also handles like legal shit. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of weird the way that like that works with him and I, cause we haven't really found our roles yet. But again, I think that kind of like comes as you mature a little bit. Like if you both just start and you're like, all right, let's just fucking bang this out. Like you're both in the dirt. Right. But I think like. At some point, it makes sense for like, like Kev, you handle sales, and then Trevor, like you, make sure like the fucking copy is sick. Yeah, um, we. You guys are gonna grow way better. Like two plus that's that's another thing too. Like two plus two does not equal four, or one plus one does not equal two, right? So like you can, you can you know, grow to fifty k a month by yourself. That must mean that together you can grow to a hundred k a month, and you each make fifty. So it's the same as being by your by yourself. It's not like because you guys have two people. It's actually exponential. So like you'll each make double what you would by yourself because you guys are partners and because you guys are like handling it the right way. I do like though how we're kind of like, we're both good at like different things though. Like if we were both just copywriters and like no, like we couldn't make a sales call, you know? So we'll, we'll probably end up doing it. I am excited to see though, just cause like I'm naturally better at talking to people and Trevor is naturally good at just doing it on the computer, you know? So hey, leave, I think we're going to be in a room with a computer, bro. See what happens. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that computer is going to come out nine months later. Pregnant. Hey. Oh yeah. Y'all wait. <laughs> Bun in the oven, bro. Put a floppy disk in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude. Yeah, man. But no, uh, you said uh, exponential growth, man. That was, one of the main reasons I just wanted to start something is just 
because you know once you start this once you start this there's you're gonna run into a million different problems but you're gonna have to solve them like there's mm -hmm. me and kevin have already solved a million stupid little problems and we haven't even fucking started making money off of it yet you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it, the exponential growth you get from even like a YouTube channel. The best thing you can do is just start a fucking YouTube channel. A year from now, that YouTube channel, there's someone, someone's going to be watching it or you could go back and look on it and be like, this is what I've learned in a year. It's just so mm -hmm. beneficial for the exponential growth and, and putting two people with it. Shoot. Yeah. The cool thing about copywriting too is like, it actually like, there's not that many problems. Like I remember like, I don't know what you guys have been through so far, but I remember like copywriting just being like the easiest type of business to run. Because like the, the work is either good or it's not. The client's either happy or they're not. You either get it done on time or you don't. Like there's, it's pr pretty within your control. The weird shit starts to happen when you start hiring people. And then you have the element of like other humans that are like on your payroll that starts to get weird. And um, that's when like real problems come up. And like, dude, I just, I think about like, the again, it changes your perspective where like, big companies like amazon like what are the problems that they have to deal with like what kind of stress is the amazon ceo under as we speak what the fuck is that dude dealing with and then you even extend it even further to like governments it's like what kind of problems did they have to solve and that's not even just like world hunger or any of that macro stuff it's literally just like like you get a phone call from somebody what do you need to do like making decisions and stuff like that like i don't know it's kind of mind-blowing to think about like like the scale of problems that you have to solve as you get paid more and as you become more important in the world. So like, honestly, like count your lucky stars right now that like, I don't know, the problems are like this email deliverability, like it's not going through, like this email's not sending or like whatever, this client got pissed or this prospect, whatever. Like, I don't know, at some point it gets real and then you're just like, yeah, you'll be, the copywriting is a, is a great fucking first business for that reason. And I think like if you guys do it right, like you guys can each make a hundred grand a month from this, um, and it'll be fairly low stake. It'll be fairly easy to do, I think. It'll it'll take a couple of years, but like yeah, it's a hundred percent within the cards. Well, well good. You... I'll fucking do it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, fucking sign me up. Like. <laughs> I'll be here anyway. <laughs> what makes you so confident in that? Because <laughs> every YouTuber is fucking walking around saying the same thing. Why? Why do you like you said it so confident? YouTuber saying what? You can make 100K a month. Um, I don't know. I think you just kind of see a path, right? Where it's like you're just certain that you know like what it takes to get there. Like, think about it. Like, what do you need to do to get to 100K a month? Like, you, you need to... And let's just use, like, numbers of, like, a company instead of, like, you each making 100K a month. Like, let's just think about it. Like, you have to sign uh, 25 clients at 4K a month and just focus on the deliverables. And as long as the deliverables are good, you just gotta get 25 people in the world to pay you four grand a month, which is like a low level employee that doesn't generate revenue. You would be considered a revenue generating employee, technically, as a, as a contractor or as an agency. So they would get that money back. All you have to do is like, you have to figure out, okay, how many writers do we have? And do this early, like don't get greedy and like try and make as much money as possible and just get really busy because you want to be able to have some headroom so that you have time to train people, which that's where I fucked up. Before I scaled as high as I did, I should have trained people when I had time to train people. Because by the time I was too busy, I literally didn't have time to bring anyone on, so I just never did. So you, like, you could probably do this with like four or five writers. Um, 
and like yeah just make your product really good and just send as many emails as it takes to get people to sign with you and you yeah you'll get you know 100k a month in no time like it's it's really simple like it's a, a simple process it's not like it's not really like SaaS. like SaaS for some reason just turns me off even though the multiples are crazy and you can make big 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 money with a really good tech company like a unicorn it's not it's not simple. Like you need to find out where your customers are. Like if you if you're a Grammarly, like you gotta you gotta find out where your product market fit is after. Like you gotta spend millions of dollars just to find that out. You already know who your product market fit is. Like people with businesses that need fucking copywriting that have four thousand dollars in the bank every month, they don't know what to do with, so they're gonna pay you. Right? Like that's very simple. You know who your customer is. These people don't. So like it's a straight line. It's literally just like, how many emails does it take to send one client, send 25x that every single month, and just sign on as many clients as you possibly can. Yeah, that's one of uh, the things me and Kevin say, like, there's bound to be someone to fucking reply. I mean, at some point in time, someone's going to answer the phone and say yes, and then we're going to get a client, and then it's just going to keep happening. That's As, it's as long as we keep doing it, it's just going to keep happening. It just keep yeah. going. <laughs> also, like, keep iterating your pitch, too. Like, make sure that, like, oh, how yeah. many emails are you yeah. we quit doing emails because we did it for like a week and we're like fuck that we'll just call well we were also manually doing them too yeah oh yeah so like if you guys have two people and you guys are not afraid of scaling like automate that shit like i know i talk about like manual emails and i will always still prefer to do manual emails because i have a fragile ego and i want to make sure like I, same thing like i want i want to know my prospects and i don't even really send emails when I do, like, it's, like, a, a good fucking cold email, and I usually, like, try and go for, like, the like the one-shot close right there. Like, I don't want to send an email and not get a response. Like, fuck that. Like, they have to be pretty warm already. They have to, like, kind of know who I am, or I have to have a reason for reaching out. But, like, bro, like, if you guys are just trying to grow, if you're just trying to get, like, a fuck ton of clients, like, just run it. Like, plug your shit into, like, um, instantly AI and just run it. Like, dude, there there are there are guys that, like, even instantly can't support how many emails they want to send. So they buy like an AWS server and they use Amazon and they send out like fucking a million emails a month, Jeez. like with so many different domains. Like it's, it's crazy. I know dudes that are using fucking Gmail domains to, to send emails to people like numbered Gmail. So like you would literally say like something like user one, two, five, one, two, one, nine at gmail.com. And they'd have like literally 10,000 of those. They just have like bots sign up for Gmail um, and they would just rip, no no domain, just raw Gmail accounts. So, like there are, there are ways to do it, bro. Turn just turn up the dial. Calls will not be as as quick. Like calls will be different. It's a different style of selling. Um, but like emails is like that's way more scalable because you don't need people. Like you'll just automate it. Shit, hey, well, Kev, you got anything else? No, man, I'm just. Super thankful, Mason. You uh, took the time to come on, man. Definitely dropped a lot of keys on us. So yeah, man. Learned Ooh, a lot, is, though. This is fun. Are you guys dropping us? When or where? When? Uh, actually, I'll probably start editing it today or tomorrow. Probably drop it. Yeah, definitely. I gotta fucking have someone make the thumbnail too. Uh, yeah, probably about definitely by the end of the week. Oh, for cool. sure. Yeah, it's almost two hours now. Yeah, man. One of the longest, actually. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah man. Like it, Fucking thank you. Thank you a lot again. Uh, actions speak louder. And it, like I said, you and David both topped on here. More than willing to. Both of you uh, were a little late. I will point that out. <laughs> but uh, hey, but we got it done. Uh, again, yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, look forward to see what we got in the future, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. But peace. Peace.